Greetings, ladies and mendigants, and welcome to this latest episode of Tales from Outer Space. Taken from the subreddit HFY. The links to all the stories will be down below, and as always, I hope that you enjoy. And if you do, please consider subscribing. Story number one. The Human Curse, written by Nananananana Catman. Kazonk stared up at the screen and sighed. Humans had colonized yet another planet, some sun-scorched rock called Ayavina, which broadened the territories of the Shader Collective. He tapped a sharp claw on the bar and called out to the bartender, one of those guys with a million tentacles and just as many consonants in their name. Another glass of antifreeze, I swear, for a species whose biggest contribution to society is good drink, those humans are getting uppity, settling all over the place, going for seats on the council. Hell, I see kids using their body language in the streets now. It's going to be satisfying when somebody takes a liking to one of the new worlds and puts them in their place. The bartender chuckled. At least Kazong thought that's what it was. Even his translator had difficulty figuring out all of those tentacles switching about meant. I wouldn't count on that anytime soon. Every species with any sense is too scared of the human curse to make a move against them. Kazong tilted his head, confused. Human curse? I mean, their curses are weird, all about copulation and excrement, but I don't see what there is to be scared of. The bartender moved again, this time labeled as incredulous, by his translator. Though he figured out by the sentient ball of tentacles looking incredulously was beyond Kozong's antifreeze adult brain. Don't spend much time on the girl net, I suppose. It's a big story. It started with some group of pirates that raided the Terran homeworld and caused a panic by stealing a couple nuclear missiles. Over the course of the next few months, one after another, they turned up dead, and rumor had it that each and every one of them had a dirty bite on the side of their neck, just like the guard that they killed while stealing the nukes. Spookier. Kazank kept his head in place and the rest of the room rolled around from side to side, and took another sip of his drink. A little spooky, I guess, but uh, a few dead pranksters is enough to justify letting those fricks run around like they own the place, not on my watch. Oh, Big Ample, you might run into the curse yourself talking like that. Not long after, there was this creature on Thorin 5. She started saying that humans were coming from the Unmaker, that they needed to be stamped out. Really started getting people riled up. Then suddenly it comes out that she is involved in illegal pool-lot fighting, and she goes away for life. Then there was the mining group that went into human territories to mine, and immediately started having pirates follow them everywhere. By that point, everyone was spooked, and any time someone was racist on the spacebook or then got a paper cut, their people would blame the curse. He, he, she, uh, do masses of tentacles even have genders? Kazonk's search history would regret the curiosity for years to come. Leaned in and lowered his voice. There's even rumors of a revolution in the Gentai Republic was because of the old monarch was going to declare war on the humans. He wrapped the tentacles around the now-empty glass, another bringing up the antifreeze bottle. Spooky, huh? I'm not complaining, though. My profits doubled after I started stocking human booze. Another? At Kazonk's nod, he poured another glass and slid it across. Kazonk chuckled as he lifted the glass. Well then, two vengeful spirits who love good drink. I guess humans can stick around so long as they keep it flowing. He downed the glass in one go, slid the cred stick across the bar, and then stumbled across the unsteady floor towards the door. 
turning back to raise his middle claw at the wave to the bartender. Live long and prosper, as they say. See you tomorrow. Commander Sankar, the terrible, stood on the bridge of his ship, going over the battle plans for taking a new human colony. The battle promised to be little glory, given the Terran's obsolete ships and planetary defenses, but the prestige of conquering a planet would be a nice pin on his carapace, and a good start to a profitable war for the Shader Collective. The Terrans had joined the galactic scene barely 30 years ago, so it was no surprise that they couldn't hold the ground in a fight. But it was rare to see the upstart species so provocative. He heard the door open behind him and turned to see one of the lab techs scuttle onto the bridge before saluting. Lord Sonkar, sir, we intercepted a Terran communication, sir. It was sent from the Terran fleet onto the planet. That they must have been underestimated our computers, since they only used a 256-bit encrypt... Sankar stamped his foot and pointed pincer at the tech. Do not bore me with the technobabble, softshell. What is the importance of this message? The tech quivered for a moment and the commander's wrath before replying. It is a schedule for the troops, sir. Most notably, there is a drill schedule for a militia guarding the planet, which will take them all away as far side of the sun. According to this planet, will be almost completely unguarded for six hours. Sankar trolled with pleasure and raised the pincer into the air. Excellent! Defeating their little army would be little glory, but taking a planet right under the noses of those cocky humans would be a tale worth telling. Begin preparations immediately. I want us to combat ready before we hit warp. He made a turn away, but then noticed the irritating little louse was still skittering from side to side rather than returning to his lab. What is it, Softshell? he asked. Well, sir, you see, um, you've heard about the curse of the humans, right? Myself and the other, um, soft shells, as you say. We, um, uh, well, we've seen the creepy things that happened to some of the other aggressors against humans, and, uh, well, uh, a lot of us are, are pretty spooked, since we won't be much help in the battle itself. Uh, we, we, we were hoping that we could just take a couple shuttles and head back to home base, in case, uh, after preparations are complete, of course. Sankar roared in laughter. Superstitious cowards, the lot of you. There is no Terran curse, just a couple coincidence cowards like you use the excuse to run away. Very well, take your shuttles before we jump. More glory to the rest of us. The tech scurried well and Sankar returned to his battle plans as the fleet came to readiness. As they jumped into warp, he had some time to think about the human curse. Of course, not being a superstitious coward, he didn't believe in nonsense like vengeful spirits, but the more he thought on it, the more that niggling shadow of doubt told him that there was something more to a bunch of coincidences going on. Before he knew it, his ship was coming out of warp, and that nagging shadow became an ominous dread of communications officer called out. Commander, I'm reading multiple hostiles in front and behind. There appears to have been a jump mishap. Only half of our fleet is present, and we came out scattered amongst the enemy. Damn. Get an ETA on the rest of the fleet, and open fire as we regroup with those that did make it. Sankar cursed and slammed his claw into the control panel. I'm trying, sir, but I can't get a response. There's too much noise. It looks like a solar flare. There's no such thing as curses. There are no such thing as curses. There are no such thing as curses. He thought as he watched missiles and particle beams track their targets on the tactical display, contacts and allies dropping one by one. Commander, it looks like the rest of our fleet just warped in behind us. Finally, wait, 
What? What? They're firing missiles. The smell of ozone filled the breach as circuits burnt out. Direct hit. Half shields critical. They're readying another attack, sir. Orders. The tactical officer chittered and had in panic. There is no such thing as curses. There are no such thing as... Commander Sankar, the terrible, interrupted his thoughts by slamming a pincer into the console. Damn it! If this curse wants to drag me to hell, I'm going to go kicking and screaming. Fire everything we've got at the hostile targets. Let's show them the curse that we don't spook easily. Jordan Richter sat reclining on a lounge chair in a scenic beach, grazing at the sunset. His phone buzzed and he set down his mojita to check the messages. FF-17 is a go, status green. He put it away and reclaimed his drink, sitting back on the lounge chair and flipping down the sunglasses against the sun sinking into the Ivanian Ocean. He looked up at the fireworks beginning far, far above the first Sentai trade convoy. Then a local pirate gang each warped into a field of IFF scramblers and the area of artificial solar flare and promptly opened fire on each other. Relations between the Shader Collective and the Gentile Republic were already rocky and the discovery of a shader fleet destroying Gentai traders would start a war for a side of the collective territory. By the time they were sorted out, humans would have infiltrated enough labs and stolen enough tech to fight competitively with these advanced Xenos. The head of Galactic Intelligence Agency sipped his mojita and grinned at the pictured humanity's bright future. The fireworks began to die down, before flaring up again briefly as the planet's militia returned from their drill just in time to mop up the dregs. A few minutes later, his phone buzzed again. Mission success. Jordan finished his mojita, stood up with a sigh and thought to himself, Damn, it's a good year to be a spook. End of story number one. Story number two. Never trust a human, written by Tress Bros. Gorlak still remembered the first time he had ever seen a human. He was still the fledgling then, and whenever he'd think back on his first encounter, he'd tell himself that there was no way that he would have known better. The humans were the newest species on the block, only known for the Empire for 45 souls. Finding a new sapient species had always been one of the most exciting events in the galaxy, as there had previously only been eight discovered so far. So, when a radio wave floating in deep space from a species number 9 was stumbled upon, an embassy was quickly formed to meet the new neighbors at the home planet. On one fateful summer day, an alien ship, Paraxino Phylos, landed on Earth. The humans were indeed a strange people, but every species in the Empire had their quirks. There was no doubt that the humans would integrate to the galactic culture, sure enough, once proper contact was made, both sides began to trade culture and technology with one another. The humans were adept learners and they quickly became competent space travelers. And so, 45 souls after their discovery, Gorlak stumbled into a human at a McDonald's. Although the fast food of McDonald's was a human invention, Gorlak never expected to actually find a human in this one. This location was buried deep within the Empire, close to Gorlak's homeworld. Looking back, Everyone was amazed at how quickly Earth's mega-corporations were able to seamlessly enter into the Empire's citizens' daily lives. And so, while wondering about what to order, Gorlax felt a strange tapping on his back feathers. It wasn't a familiar ruffling that he was used to, but a strange poking sensation. It was like he was being prodded right into his skin. He turned his head 180 degrees to get a look at what poked him. And he saw it. It was a human... Pale, skinny, with a tuft of brown fur on the top of its head. 
It stood roughly the same height as Gorlax, but there was something strange about seeing a sapient mammal right in front of him. Gorlax's feathers instinctively ruffled his feathers to make himself appear bigger, and unconsciously he let out a small screech. The human must have noticed he had scared Gorlax and fiddled with the translator. Gorlax heard his first words of a human had ever spoke to him. Ah, Jesus, my bad, you okay? Gorlax wasn't quite sure how to respond, but he was an educated and modern Threknek, nothing like some specious friends. So he resolved himself to be the best Threknek possible and really show this human how diplomatic and forward-thinking they could be. Oh, of course, I was just daydreaming a bit when you poked me with your fleshy digit. The human scratched his lowered mandible for a moment and responded. Ha! Huh, guess you bird people don't have a word for finger. Anyways, I was hoping you could help me out with something. After all, I've heard of your threatnecks are some of the smartest and wisest creatures in the whole galaxy. Gorlax was pleased with the response from the human, and he quickly put away the memories of his friends calling humans the most conniving masses of carbon to ever live. These humans were reasonable folk. While some species are simply better at some things than others, what can I help you with, human? The human seemed to think and his response was funny as his lips curled into a grin when he heard Gorlax's response. The human quickly responded back, How true that is. I'm glad I found a threatneck to solve the problem for me. Can we sit down while I explain my predicament to you? The human didn't wait for Gorlax to respond, and he quickly turned around and took a seat at the empty booth. He must really need my help, Gorlax thought as he followed the human. Once seated, the human began his plea. Thank you so much for listening to me, wise one. I am in dire need of help, as I found myself stranded far out in a galaxy, far away from my kingdom, you see, um... I am royalty, a prince in fact, from the greatest kingdom of all of Earth, Nigeria. I took a trip to your beautiful world to learn about your superior way of life when I was robbed by a threatnik while at the market. Now I find myself with no way to get back home. For, though I have billions of ains in my bank accounts on Earth, I have no way to access them without my identification, which is stolen from me. A ship costs tens of thousands of ain, but I am not able to purchase one. I found myself stranded far, far from home. I've told you this because your species is renowned for its wisdom, and I hope that maybe you can find some way to solve this problem which my human mind couldn't have come up with on its own. Gorlax couldn't believe what he just heard. Earth, royalty, right in front of him. He was sure that the human was telling the truth. He faintly remembered something his friend told him about Nigerian prince who was in the area. Truth be told, he never listened too closely when the specious friend complained about humans. And he must have been royalty because he was smart enough to know to turn to a thringnik. And human was in a tough situation, he must admit, lost far in space without a way home. Yes, a human was lucky to run into a wise threatnik with some salku. A ship would run about 25,000 ain, practically his entire bank account. Now, how could he get the human ship for 25,000 ain? Suddenly, it dawned upon him he could take the money out of his account and give it to the human. Once home, the human could pay him back with his billions, maybe even a little extra, and they'd both be better off. Gorlax couldn't help but be smug as he explained his ingenious plan to the poor human. Humans really were so lucky to have the Threknecks in the galaxy. The human seemed to be amazed at the plan, and Gorlax could watch the mammalian brain slowly grasping the sheer intellect of this idea. 
Once fully grasped, the human was in full support of the plan, and with a quick transfer of aim, the human promised to pay back double what was given to him once he returned home. Gorlax watched the human leave the McDonald's, and he felt good for steering the species in the right direction. Yes, these humans had a lot to learn about the galaxy, but he was sure they'd catch up eventually. End of story. And that, my friends, is the end of the video. I hope that you enjoyed. If you wish to support the author, check the links down below for the original link. But if you wish to support this channel, there are numerous ways listed down below. But the easiest would be to share this with as many people as possible to help the channel grow. And I will see you all in the next video. And until then, I hope you all have a good one. Cheers.